World's Finest Podcast, Episode 90. James Doe, and with me as always is Michael David Sims. How are you feeling there, sir? <laughs> well, as I told you off the air, I, I uh, am either being affected by allergies or I have some sort of cold coming on. I'm hoping it's just allergies because um, the weather's just been crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's that really allergies, fingers crossed, because I, I can't afford to be out of work sick for a couple of days, you know? And and what did you tell me off the air? You were sick for how many days in a row? I, I just got I just got better really today. This first day I felt, you know, decent in the last almost a week. I had been sick yeah. for five days, and I, uh, you know, I can't call out sick. I don't have sick time yet. Yeah, yeah. But, so I, I have to go to work sick, mm-hmm. and you know, I was I was having to open every damn day, so that was contributing to my sickness because I wasn't getting enough sleep. Yeah. Should we just get into the emails and all that? Because we have a lot to cover today. I mean, the Teen Titans retrospective, Ian Wilson's awesome look back at our coverage of Teen Titans and all that. All right. Uh, first one today is from Sophia, who writes, Hey, James and Mike, in my last email, I mentioned that alien guy, XL Terrestrial, being... In the hero group, after all the villains are frozen, you mentioned the possibility of him being either Tram or Kilowatt, but I looked at some screenshots uh, of the show at teen, uh, TitansGo.net, and it is the alien guy, except he has a white arrow on his chest instead of a red one. Maybe somehow he's a good guy when he has a white arrow on his chest? I don't know, but still kind of weird. Yeah, I looked at some screen caps of that episode, and sure enough, he's in the crowd. Not only that, uh, so is Puppet King. The Puppet King's there for, like, in, like, one shot. <laughs> so I have no idea what was going on there. None at all. But, yeah, big, big mistake. So nice catch. Absolutely. All right. Next one is from Matthew, who writes, Hello, Mike and James. Uh, my name is Matthew, a.k.a. Matthias, a.k.a. I, pronou- I apologize if I mispronounce this, but Maciej. Um why the three different names, you may ask? I am born in Poland in 1980, but moved and immigrated to Germany in 84, so there are three possible ways to call me. Maciej in Polish, Matthias in German, and for you, Matthew in English. I'm watching and collecting anime since 1990, and aside of that, I loved science fiction in every media and loved the idea of superheroes. For a long time, I was a big fan of the Marvel shows, including the Marvel Animated Universe of the 90s. I registered... Uh, that there is besides that of the DC animated universe, but never got interested in that. I remember watching an episode of BTAS in the early 90s and disliking it uh, by being so mature and dark. So the years moved on and on. This year, my ex-girlfriend uh, left me after six years. I was a little let down and bored and came across the DCAU, and I fell in love with it. I started to I started to watch uh, BTAS on my MP3 player and was astonished by the great work. I wanted to get some more background information about the DCAU, and I... In the end, I found your marvelous podcast and used it to hear hear it directly after I watched the connected episodes. So thank you. I wanted to thank you for your great work. Well, thank uh, you for 
finding us and continuing to listen. Indeed. I always love it when I – I've said this before. I always love it when I hear of our podcast being found in other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. Now, I watched through Justice League, and I'm at episode 24 of WFP. The DCAU as a whole uh, is a very astonishing experience I don't want to miss again, but it would uh, it would never be as entertaining for me as it is without your podcast. If uh, it wasn't for your podcast, I think I never would have been motivated enough to watch it so far, uh, even including the Zeta Project and Static Shock. Both series were only mediocre, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, hey, hey, Warner Brothers, I know, you know, WFP only has like 10-ish episodes left, but... How about how about sending some money our way for all the DVD sales you've gotten from us? Huh? Seriously? Huh? Just saying. Just saying. Uh-huh. A little money would be nice. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> now that you are in the middle of the Teen Titans episodes, my email is a little bit off topic, so I'm sorry about that. I have That's two okay, questions and a little offer. Why is the Superman movie Brainiac Attacks not considered part of the DCAU? I watched it and could not understand why the story couldn't be connected to Superman. I believe, shoot, it's been, we discussed this in one, in an episode, possibly even twice we might have discussed this, mm-hmm. but I think the producers flat out said it's not in continuity or it didn't line up or something. I, they, I don't well, the, quite the mythology. Remember. The mythology is different. See, I've never as, seen I, it, so I don't know. I, I never saw it either, but I want to say that they changed the mythology of Brainiac. It's, it's different than it is in the DCAU, I okay. think. Okay. So, somebody who's who's watched that pile of shit, just let us let us know what exactly it is. Yeah, I mean, it sort of looks like it fits in the DCAU with that Superman cartoon. I think one or two of the voice actors might be the same, but overall, my my vague recollection is that it just there's no way it connects, none at all. Mm-hmm. It's not like Teen Titans where James and I and James and I say, look, here's the connections, and other people can say. Yeah, but here's where it doesn't fit. With that cartoon, supposedly there's, like, none or very, very few. Next question. Maybe I have missed a line in WFP, but why have you considered uh, continued to accept Teen Titans as part of DCAU <laughs> continuity after you disagreed with this idea in past discussions of WFP? Come on. <laughs> I don't recall us ever disagreeing with it being in yeah. continuity. Um, I may, I may, maybe I, mis, I misread uh, the email. I don't know, but I, I'm, that's what I'm gathering. I don't... We never have been on the side of the the fence that says it's not in continuity. Yeah, I mean, from the beginning, when James and I were plotting out this show, we were like, yeah, Teen Titans fits in, too. I mean, you know, there's whole threads about this over at the forum. Um, you know, we've received tons and tons of email. Um, in fact, in a certain segment by our good friend Ian... Uh, that we're going to hear later on, <laughs> the continuity debate is continued in there, if I recall. I have a little offer here. In one of the past episodes, I heard you saying that there is no really cool live-action movie based on anime. I want to offer up the 20th Century Boys trilogy to you. It's based on a manga by uh, Naoki Urasawa, and in my opinion, is a really good movie trilogy with an astonishing cast. You could even hold uh, the manga beside your TV or monitor and compare panel by panel and character by character. Uh, besides that, the story is very compelling and very cool. Never heard of it, so I don't know. Well, that's it for now. Next time I'll write a shorter email if this one was too long for you. Hope to get an answer. Matthew. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yes, thank you. Next one is from Sean, who writes, Hey, Mike and James, it's Sean from the Earth 2 forums. Congratulations on finishing your Teen Titans run, and I look forward to your resuming of DCAU episode reviews. Oh, oh, oh. Was that a 
Was that a, a, a veiled, uh, not in continuity quip? Yeah, uh, veiled as in, uh, yeah, I don't even have a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few excerpts from a FAQ that was presented on the TV.com forums a few years ago about things change. Um, the This is a quote. The creature represented crime itself, never-ending, always adapting and changing forms, but always present. The Titans didn't defeat the creature because the creature represented crime, which can never permanently be defeated. As long as there is free will, someone will always choose evil over good. And as long as there is crime, there will always be a need for superheroes. While I think this deep symbolic plot is kind of cool, it did sorely disappoint as an end to a show that had fun at its core. Totally agree. I... I now, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about this episode uh, a little bit later on. Okay. So, um, what would you guys have thought if this episode was formatted a bit differently to fit in before the not finale, or maybe as a two-parter in a hypothetical sixth or seventh season where the monster and Terra plots were fully resolved? I'll leave that up to you, James, since you were you know you were much more harsh on that episode than I. Uh, I don't know. I... I, I, I've been of the the belief that this just this episode just never should have been made. Okay, it, no, but but you know what's being proposed there is what if this was retooled and was earlier in season five? Uh, I don't see where it could have fit in in but, season five anyway. Maybe if it was maybe maybe if it was a season six or seven or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe I could get into it more. Um, and and I, I'm. I'll, I'm willing to give it that, but I don't see how it could have fit into season five anywhere else. And I just, I've always held the belief that it should not have ended a season, let alone a series. Okay. Um, also, I would like to submit an almost swore but got cut off alert for JLU. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll keep an eye out for that. I know, I know at least three. Three examples of what he's talking about there, so that's not a bad idea. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, P.S. A special request: at the end of this episode, would both of you sing the Teen Titans theme in honor of finishing the series? Oh no, you don't want that. Trust me. <laughs> no, really I mean I'm having trouble not coughing every thirty seconds. Yeah. Um, so if if our voices, you know, if my voice was better right now, maybe I I'd try to persuade James to go for it, but. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> next one's from Jacob writes, Hello, Mike and James. Uh, this this next episode makes me sad, actually, for two reasons. One, after this one, you only have 10 WFP episodes left. Also, we're at the end of Teen Titans. I was ambivalent to the show and its continuity, for that matter, at least at the beginning. I was one of the haters when I first listened to your show, but now it's become one of my favorite series in the DCAU. Yes, it is in continuity. Probably only topped by the two Justice League series. I should tell you that the English theme that you played at the end of your Trouble in Tokyo review is actually the translation of the Japanese Teen Titans theme. I guess they see superheroes differently than there than we do here. Since we're getting into episodes that the two of you are giving a second look to, I'd like to suggest to Mike that he look at Bunny Raven again. I know how much he didn't like the ending. But it wasn't quite as nonsensical to me as it was to him. In the middle of the show, when Raven is in her cage, she's trying to use her powers, chanting Azeroth Metreon Zinthos with no success. Then Mumbo says, try Abracadabra. Suddenly the cage fills with flowers. Later, as the Titans are about to be finished off, she says that they can use a trigger of their own. That's when she says Alakazam and kicks Mumbo in the face. I think she could use magic, but only when using the cliche magic words that Mumbo used, and she figured that out at the end. She used it when the Titanimals 
painted themselves to look like the background and then used the incantation while kicking him in the face to reverse all his spells. At least that's how I see it. That's a good theory. Very good theory. Um, I've, I, I came very close to choosing Bunny Raven as one of the five that I was going to rescore. Um, at the end of the day, I didn't. Um, but I, I like what you're saying there. Maybe in the future, I'll sit down and uh, re- re- watch that one one more time with, with what you said in mind. So, yeah. Finally, I'd like to touch on how much I was impressed by the show. I hate to use phraseology like this, but these are my Teen Titans, the truest representations I've ever seen. I've read a good little bit of the Teen Titans comics, mostly the ones written by Jeff Johns, and I really liked it for the most part. But when I read it, read it after watching the show, I feel a letdown. Robin isn't the more layered Dick Grayson. Granted, Tim Drake wasn't a flat character, but the dynamic that the first Robin had, balancing being Batman Jr. with trying to be lighter while feeling the need to be dark while le- uh, when leading the team, was really fascinating. Cyborg is comparatively humorless, and his friendship with Beast Boy, which is one of the show's backbones, is much more subdued. Starfire is still a great character wherever she is, but I like that charming innocence that the show gave her. A lot of it came from her personality, but the bond she had with Raven added so much to the show. Beast Boy was still Beast Boy, but I really like what the uh, that the writers made a conscious decision not to let him talk in animal form. It makes him much more intimidating, especially when he fights Slade. When one looks at him at the end of Titans Together, he's probably a better leader than Robin was in Divide and Conquer. This does show how far Raven, uh, Raven, Robin has progressed, but it also shows that Beast Boy is a legitimate badass in his own right. That's why I hated where they placed things change in the series. It felt like a step back for a great character. Finally, we see more of Raven's personality in any one episode of Teen Titans than any entire trade paperback you could purchase. In the comics, she hardly ever speaks, and her dry wit is practically non-existent. In the show, she's much more emotional in the comics than in the comics, which is saying a lot. She let her friends know that she was falling in love in Spellbound, something she never would have done in the comics. She lets the junior Titans know how much she cares for them. And for my money, Raven becomes the strongest character in the show, and it's because we get to know her. I'm really glad the writers let us. The Teen Titans get by far their best characterizations on the show, and that's what really makes it shine. Furthermore, I'd go so far as to say that only in Justice League do we get character development that even compares to what we see here. Thanks for the great show, and obey the traffic rules. (laughs) I'm going to have a lot to say about Raven later on. Definitely. Next one is from Christian, who writes, Hey guys, a few questions that you may or may not get into before your Titans retrospective. Uh, who are your favorite and least favorite members of the five founding Titans, apart from Robin, in Mike's case? Huh. Also, which season of Teen Titans do you think was the strongest, and which do you think was the weakest? P.S. Grant Morrison is not God, and it saddens me to hear that James might be bumping up his score if things change. <laughs> also, though, having uh, three episodes of WFP in one week was quite a treat. I won't mind delays in your show from now on, since after this show, there will only be ten episodes left. Cry, cry, cry. <laughs> um. All those questions will be answered later on. Trust us. Trust us. Indeed. And the last one today is from Joshua, who writes, Mike and James, uh, I apologize for my lack of emails lately, as well as my infrequent participation on the forums. I've been working two jobs and have been utterly exhausted, something I'm sure neither of you can relate to at all. (laughs) Oh, no, no, not at all. Clearly. (laughs) Uh, For your retrospective on Teen Titans, I thought I would share a few overall thoughts on the series. I thought the series was fun, often silly, but at times surprisingly good, especially with the end. The stories were typically sillier and or weaker than the rest of the DCAU, owing largely to lack of marquee villains. Yes, we got Slade and Trigon, but those were not the typical episodes. We were often treated to Mumbo or Control Freak, enemies who do not quite compare to Brainiac or Darkseid. 
this is actually a great source of irritation to me on the series. The producers have stated that they were forbidden to actually use the marquee villains from DC outside of Slade and were forbidden from bringing in other heroes for potential crossovers. Uh, this is why, for example, in Go, the thug at the beginning didn't even say Batman's name. Well, I would also I would argue that him saying not saying Batman's name is a good thing. Because it goes back to the whole thing of what if you even mention Batman's name, it, it takes away from Robin. Exactly, exactly. You know, it reminds you that Robin is not a solo hero. It reminds you that he's a sidekick. You know, Batman's junior partner. Um, so hinting at Batman's okay, but yeah, having him pop up or again saying his name, no, I can't do it. Can't do it. That dis, uh, decision by the executives really pisses me off, to, uh, truth be told. I th- they apparently thought Teen Titans was too silly and immature to bring in Justice League characters for crossovers. However, Static Shock, which gave us Static Shack and Hoop Squad, could feature Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, the entire Justice League, Brainiac, and the Joker. I call bullshit. Hmm. Uh, this, of course, was not the fault of the producers who were forbidden from doing some things they surely wanted to based on their track record. My only major complaint with the series is that uh, what I see as a potential romance between Raven and Beast Boy was not developed. I think it was hinted at a few times. The best examples are the moments they shared, such as in Spellbound when Raven hugs him warmly and in The Beast Within when Raven says, we're having a moment, don't ruin it. Yeah, yeah, and there's some of that in Nevermore, too. Um where they realize that they're really friends. I, I think that's where you could kind of say their potential romance starts. Um, I do believe that a romance was explored between the two in the comics, however. And I would like to think it was based on the little hints that were dropped in this show. Can't prove that, it's just what I like to think. Additionally, if she had feelings for Beast Boy, to explain her hostility towards Terra upon her return to the Titans. Oh. Dwayne, McDuffie, yeah, Dwayne McDuffie even admitted that he designed them to act towards each other in as much as a married couple. Hmm. Being a fan of the Titans, I followed their complicated relationship in the comics. And while I do not say the show was bad for fa- uh, failure to develop this relationship, I will lament that an opportunity was missed. Now for the positives. What the show got right through the sometimes weak stories and villains was the characterization. The characters were phenomenally well done, even in comparison to the rest of the DCAU. You really feel the sense of family they share. You know that Robin and Cyborg are typical close guy friends who are always there for each other despite differences. You know that Raven and Starfire develop a close relationship that only two special but opposite girls can. You feel the budding romance between Starfire and Robin and root for them. And the voice acting, wow! The worst was actually Scott Menville, who still did a very good job as Robin. He was quite good, but he had the misfortune of being in the same voice cast as truly uh, truly great artists. Uh, Kari Payton did a truly great job voicing Cyborg. He was my least favorite character on the show, but I have to admit he did a great job capturing the conflicting characteristics of exuberance and deep insecurity Cyborg has. The voices of Raven and Starfire were even better. Tara Strong really brought Raven to life, giving her a depth of character I didn't think possible in this show. You really see her grow and reluctantly form strong bonds with her friends and make peace with her nature as much as that is possible. Hendon Walsh is my favorite voice actress, period, and did her usual great job with Starfire. She made her adorable, the character you wanted to hug every time you saw her. Her innocence was beyond charming, making Starfire perhaps the most endearing and likable character portrayed in all the DCAU, despite not playing the kind of role Wonder Woman or Hot Girl did. I should mention also that Tara Strong and Hendon Walsh also voice great video game characters I love for the deepest of possible reasons. 
uh, Tara Strong voiced Rachel in Ninja Gaiden, who is incidentally is tormented by a particular or a partially demonic nature. And Hinden Walsh was in the greatest video game of all time, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 2, <laughs> where she voiced my favorite character, Hitomi. Speaking um, of Dead yeah, or Alive... Shill, shill, shill. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you all haven't uh, listened to it yet, um, I implore you to head on over to earth2.net and uh, download Earth2.net, the show. That was episode 421, I believe, right? Uh, yes, yes, 421. And you can listen to my latest edition of the Tranquil Tirades audio that I have, I'm, of course, joined by uh, Damien Wilkins, DW. And my roommate, Michael, has also joined us. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it it's something. It's really something. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I'm half tempted to see that movie just for Kevin Nash. And I'm not a Kevin Nash fan. I don't think... That I, dude's I don't, a, it's a great actor. I, well, see, that's what I was going to say. I don't understand why people like him as a wrestler. But any like little the little times I've seen him like try to be comedic, he's kind of funny. So I may pick it up just for his scenes. Because that, that clip you guys used at the end of your review... When he walks in on his daughter and he thinks she's all a lesbian, he's like, "Oh, my girl's got a special friend," you know. It's like, <laughs> okay, this is this 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 might be worth you know a rental. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it it's a film, I guess? Question mark. <laughs> Which I guess makes it perfect uh, fodder for the tranquil tirades. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, it's moving pictures set to film. Whether it has a plot or not, who knows? <laughs> oh, it doesn't have a plot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know that. Yeah, yeah, we know true. that. Uh, um, so yeah, do do go over and listen to that because um, I, I'm just going to tell you there are going to be more and more of those coming. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I got to admit, at first I was because you know with Earth Two at the show, and you know even with this program right here with WFP. I don't use half grades and not getting into what your guys scores were. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're breaking the rule set for the show. But then I was like, wait, it's tranquil tirades. You know, they've got to have their own scoring system. <laughs> I mean, and again, as you guys said in this review, when you guys did murder set pieces, who, who gave negative Google? DW? That was that was dubs. I didn't even grade it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, you guys... He gave a negative Google. I didn't grade it at all. Yeah, it's like, you guys have your own scoring system. You know, it might be part of the show, but th that that's still cool. You know? <laughs> well, it uh, may or may not be branching out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And there won't be any rule breaking. No, because then you set your own rules, yes. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, getting back to the email here, uh, they voiced pretty similar characters in these games to the ones they portrayed in Teen Titans when you think about it and did equally stellar jobs. I will admit, however, that for some reason, DOA Extreme 2 didn't do as much character development as Teen Titans did. I wonder why. Anyway, um, I enjoyed your reviews as well. I appreciate that you were willing to take a show for what it was, uh, instead of judging it harshly for being cartoonish, as I was afraid he might. It was a far less serious show than the rest of the DCAU, with the possible exception of Static Shock, but it did a lot very well, especially in their development of characters. I am glad I gave the show a chance, and I think the DCAU and your podcast would be lessened if it had not been done. Well, the show would be over now if we didn't cover it. This the show true. would have ended, I think, with episode 87 or 88. 
and this is 90. So, you know, I've always said, you know, for the people who don't like the fact that we covered Teen Titans, you know, just think, you know, WFP would be over, over if, if it yep. weren't for that program. So, you, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a little extra life out of us thanks to it. Mm-hmm. So you got to give it that. I'm looking forward to your coverage of JLU. Keep up the great work, guys. Your show is crucial to my sanity at a largely tedious and boring job. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> that will lead us into... Oh, oh, I always look forward to these. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Wilson's... Um, this is about 26, 27 minute long. Uh, look back at our coverage of Teen Titans. Traditional as these montages have become... I am worried about this one in particular, if only in terms of the anticipation of podcast subscribers. Not only has there not been a retrospective since episode 67 of WFP, but I have publicly made it known, through my American pen pal, that I've been rather busy IRL. Okay, first one up is from our friend Ian Wilson. Howdy, y'all. This is Bubba from Alabama. What episode of World's Finest Podcast is the Teen Titans look back? Because he was saying something like the clip montage not being done in time because he's doing a dissertation, whatever that means. Oh, yeah, so, you know, we didn't necessarily need to play that one on the air, but I thought it was mildly (laughs) humorous. Stress mildly, Ian. Hey, you, Sims. That's no way of winning me over to create a clips montage. One that takes a good deal of effort and time that I could otherwise spend getting drunk. I expect better treatment. P.S. Ian Wilson is secretly Red X. (laughs) Wouldn't he be Mad Mod? I mean, <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah, you know. I mean, he he loves that character. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Mad Mad's great. Yeah, but he you know he thinks he's the hero, of course, in Revolution. <laughs> he is. He's British. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, come on, I'm like DW. I'm a wannabe Brit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's better. In fact, let's stick with me old mucker, King Moddy the First. Hello, duckies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of references that we just missed, either because we're too young or we're not British or whatever. Hey, oi! No throwing things while teacher is talking. (laughs) You said oi! That's awesome! I think that's the first oi in the DCAU, isn't it? Mad Mod drives a fucking Big Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, governor! Uh, Revolution. Revolution, I'm giving a nine. Wow, okay. I mean, uh, I, look, I'm sure there were a lot of British people who were offended by this, <laughs> but, I, but you know, I really don't think this episode was meant to put Brits in a bad light. I mean, oh, no. fuck, Malcolm McDowell did the voice of uh, Mad Mod, I believe, okay. so mm-hmm. I, I think it was just supposed to be a huge homage to Monty Python and the Beatles, and it succeeded. Oh, and, yeah spades absolutely um I, I i agree it's a great episode um i didn't score as highly though i gave it a seven ah that's what the dcau has been missing a sustained british presence then again there are still people bitching and moaning that the last 12 episodes have even happened and that i shouldn't be using the d c a or indeed 
you letters. Hey, Teen Titans is not in continuity. Ah, shut up, Tara Strong. What would you know about Teen Titans anyway? Especially when you consider this smackdown from the Domeister. The movie Wicked Scary is referenced in the Justice League Unlimited episode Wake the Dead. <laughs> and I know this because Dwayne McDuffie said that this was his way of making a semi-crossover with the JLU. Suck it. <laughs> I was going to drop that. <laughs> you said it last time. I know, so I was my... going to drop it in, so I'm glad you did it. Awesome. And to those of you who actually take time out of your life to complain that someone is wrong on the internet... The hosts have just three words for you. Anyway, I will stick with WFP through the Teen Titans era, but yikes, so not in continuity. Sorry, just had to say it. Buy a t-shirt, sir. (laughs) That's our retort. Yeah, and if you already have, buy another. (laughs) (laughs) Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Thank you. Thank you. And buy a shirt. P.S. Teen Titans is so in continuity. <laughs> buy a shirt. Or you could just, you know, buy a shirt. Don't forget about our store where you can buy a shirt. Anyways, people are just going to ask you a question and you're going to be like, buy a shirt. Yeah, it won't even be Teen Titans related. You hey, you want to go get some pizza later, Mike? Buy, buy a, shirt. a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> just, How's the yeah. weather outside? Buy a shirt. Exactly. P.S. Teen Titans is not in continuity. And Mike, before you say it, I already got a t-shirt. Buy a second. Oh, and how could I forget? Just buy the shirt. Visit the store at earth2.net. I guess that does it. Thank you, everybody, for writing in and for sending in those voicemails. Buy a shirt. And why buy a shirt? Well, because Mike has something to save up for. You know, I've been I've been kind of busy keeping the site running. I got a screener copy of Batman Under the Red Hood, which I got to see a few days early. I mean, of course, it's out now, so that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I got engaged, and I did some other stuff. So, yeah, you know, normal week for me. So, obviously, this means that the smutty, filthy-minded Mike of the past is no more. And never again will WFP play host to his sick, twisted, sordid observations. Not. And they're sort of bowing my head and being like, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, peop- this is what our 89th episode of WFP. People who've been listening since the beginning know exactly how big of a dick fan you are. Yes, indeed. You know, he- he's in Japan. He can be an octopus, tentacles, you know? Eh, eh. They say the following phrase, and I quote, Este viejo nos está jodiendo. This phrase, when translated from Spanish, can mean one of two things. And neither of them is particularly kid-friendly. The first one is roughly, this old guy is pissing me off. <laughs> the second, and m- much more adult-themed, is this old guy is just fucking with us. <laughs> wow. Be, you know, mounting him and just whacking away at that mounting him and whacking away. Anyway, uh, and just... I tried, I tried not to say anything. <laughs> but he, uh, he turns into a monkey. And uh, he jumps right on Jinx's face. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You watch that, and you can just get the, uh, the innuendo right there. <laughs> Somehow I never picked up on that. Good for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did I, of all people, miss that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so much pie eating, it's like lesbian porn. Anyways, um, so... <laughs> I was waiting for just the porn <laughs> reference to come out, or, you know. Yeah. I was waiting for it. It was going to happen. Yeah. But and you did it like 37 seconds into the summary. Very, bravo, sir. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue. I wanted to bring it up right, <laughs> right away. Uh, Beast Boy 
Uh, well, he turns into an octopus and basically face fucks the evil Starfire. <laughs> yeah, it just shows you the balls that Slade has. Well, he probably doesn't have balls at this point, if you think about it. Well, I don't want to think about it. Thank you. Why is he looking at his dummy's junk? And here, he just bukkakeed all over these fucking guys with a laser beam, and he's still <laughs> running around for two more parts. Like, what the fuck? Uh, it took us 86 episodes, but we got Bukake into the... Into oh, I'm the, sure I've said it once before on this show. I don't remember. I'm I don't remember. I'm sure it's, I did. The verb there, Hodair, it means to fuck. Considering Blackfire's personality, I think she might have done more than kiss someone to learn the language. This is true. And maybe that's why she's a little more fluent. Who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> She fucked the language out of him. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Learning language through cum. <laughs> I can never remember if benevolent is good or not. <laughs> yes, yes it is. So I was like, malevolent okay. is, yeah. is the bad one. Just remember, Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's hot. Ooh. Uh, okay. <laughs> right before he can kiss her, Slade cock blocks him. So, uh... Yep. Slade's all like, hey, Beast Boy, what's up? And Beast Boy's like, rah, blue balls! So they all get into a fight. Robin you know, whips out the staff and strikes her with it, <laughs> but it crumbles to pieces. Sorry, I'm 12. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. <laughs> and I didn't even think about that, but that, uh, yeah. I'm not going to be ogling a, a 16-year-old's boobies, okay? <laughs> Cyborg loves dick. There, I said it. Uh, <laughs> it had to be said. Yeah. In this one, Dr. Light, he's doing his Dr. Lightian things. Well, except the rape. You know, he's, I don't even remember what he's doing. He's just fucking around. Oh, wait, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible to cock block yourself, but Robin is apparently a grandmaster at it. Yeah. Another idea I had is that it's a time-traveling dick. That sounded bad. <laughs> Anyways, it's a time-traveling dick. Grayson, it, it, you know, it's Robin just a... There, there are flash animations online of the tentacle monster actually having its way with, I think it's Starfire. And there's actually another one where Slade has his way with Raven from, I think, the Birthmark episode. And there's another one where Cyborg has his way with Jinx when he was when he infiltrated the Hive Academy. So, again, I'm ashamed that I, I know this. Um, get away from that for a moment. <laughs> Anyways, I'm getting married next June. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. To a woman, yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. Now, whilst he was obviously part of that montage, I can't help but feel that James is getting aware that he's always overshadowed at this part of the montage and has to compensate overtly. But he is sucked into the tentacle creature's body. Hello, Ian Wilson clip segment. Um, and whilst the impressions block is still to come, I can't deny James his crowning highlights from the Teen Titans run. The yeah. supreme creator, source, Nufu thing is the most hilarious villain ever. I am the source. <laughs> I cannot be digested. It is our way. <laughs> you will suffer for your impudent screen, human. I have created enough new food for an army of bobs. I am the source. Yeah, there we go. World's finest podcast, episode 86. <laughs> then again, James also had a notable rant towards the end of Teen Titans as well. And the very last episode of Teen Titans 
is things change. I, I hate this episode. I absolutely hate it. I'm sorry, I cannot accept that as an ending to an episode, let alone a season, let alone the whole series. During the last episode, James just killed the series finale of Teen Titans. There is a huge, huge difference between the inept Dr. Light versus literally every Teen Titan alive, and four Titans versus a creature that they literally could not hurt in the slightest. This might be the worst series finale I have ever seen. Okay. So with the ending leaving a bad taste in James's mouth, so to speak, let's focus on what made this show particularly memorable for the hosts. We're starting Teen Titans. <laughs> oh, it hurts to laugh. <laughs> and finally, what happened to the alerts? Did the animators finally decide enough with the robots and dumpsters? Uh, Star, that's mustard. <laughs> Do you have any more? Yeah. Isn't she, like, hugging, like, a giant bottle yeah. of it, too? And she's all rubbing her cheek up against yeah. it, like a cat. It's just like... We got another mustard count. Yeah. Starfire's uh-huh. using more mustard on that pizza. Yep. We never actually declared an official mustard count, but we should have. I know. I wish we had. That sequence when Raven's uh, room is on fire or is seemingly on fire... Mm. That might be some of the best animation I've seen in Teen Titans so far. Yes, it is. Is this the only episode where there is not a single moment of comedy? Not even an exaggerated facial expression. It it surprised me how good this one was. What about you? Yeah, I dig this one. Ron Perlman in a leading role. Yes, please. (laughs) This is the greatest episode of anything ever. (laughs) Why do you say that? It's just fucking hilarious. This is one intense fucking episode. Uh, this is the best episode so far. And we see ink spewing everywhere, and even out of Brushogun's mouth. Yeah, yeah. That was brutal. Mm-hmm. I love this episode. Yeah, this is a really good one. So much. What I noticed most about this episode, besides the fact that this is by far the best cyborg episode yet, yeah. this is some of the best animation that we have seen yet. I have a question. Do one of those space police guys get called Lobo? Oh, I didn't notice that. Maybe. Oh, my God, I love this episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is so much fun. And the good points aren't just the quality of the production values either. Teen Titans is also damn funny. Speaking of Starfire, she has nine stomachs. Apparently. I mean, (laughs) sure, why not? Yes, you have Mother May I, huh? Huh? Oh, for fuck's sake. you got to be kidding me. No, no, I'm just lying. Yeah, no, you had it right. <laughs> yeah, you have prophecy and... Don't scare me like that. Control Freak grabs this list of villains that Cyborg compiled for them to keep an eye on while, uh, while they're gone. And Control Freak's not even on the list, and he gets pissed <laughs> off. And speaking of the, the Cyborg duplicate, that I loved every scene that Beast Boy was in, just trying to make him do funny shit. Yeah. And Beast Boy's just like... Dude, she was a cat girl. <laughs> Cyborg is in the cow, jumps out and uh, arms his gun and says, Mooya! Which I, quite frankly, have to say is probably one of the best lines of the program. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, sir? Um, This is probably one of my favorite episodes of Teen Titans. I, I, I am not shocked by this in the slightest. We see what has become of Slade. Mm-hmm. His face is no more. Slade essentially tearing off most of Raven's clothes. I Seriously, I cannot believe they got away with that. Yeah, yeah. And frankly, Slade had a major rapist vibe going on here with several of his lines. The Titans arrive and Control Freak is like, oh, my old arch nemesis sees. (laughs) The Teen Titans. 
Beast Boy's like, yeah, who is this schmuck? <laughs> I'm Captain Ku Klux. Right, oh my god. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'll stop. Anyways. And the dude hands her a stick of gum called Super Twinkle Donkey Gum. And they're all like, yay, except Raven, who's all like, boo. I am James Doe. He is Michael David Sims. And we are not the evil egg people who stole your waffles. I will mark that note off. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And when they find numerous again, Cyborg pulls anime cliche number 85 and prepares to unleash some ridiculously powerful and flashy attack with his arms flailing behind him. <laughs> Starfire is attacked by Astro Boy. Uh, Raven is attacked by No-Face from Spirited Away. And Cyborg and Beast Boy are attacked by Anapuma from Dominion Tank Police and a fat yellow robot that I'm sure is also an homage, but I have no idea what it could be of. People were hating on Teen Titans then because of its look. You know, because it was anime-influenced. There was a sort of Western bias against Eastern animation, and that's a shame, because it is a really good show. Next up is Crash. In this one, it turns out that Beast Boy is an internet pirate. Yeah, Nightwing bitches, woo! Beast Boy uh, starts pursuing uh, the cute girl to a karaoke bar, where he sings an incredibly bad English (laughs) translation of the Teen Titans theme. But apparently he does such a great job that he's mobbed by a half dozen cute girls. Half dozen? They're all all over him. Okay, this one gets a score of Larry, um, which translates into 10. Beast Boy went into all trucker mode on the CB. (laughs) That's good. That was really good. Breaker, breaker. This is, uh, I don't even know what the hell he said. (laughs) Like green jeans or something? (laughs) She is confronted by the one and only Kid Flash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he has, clearly has no clue how to be a parent. He's all like, oh, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> <And>, there, <laughs> uh, there. Yeah. Beast Boy, as he does, just like, I know what we need to do. We need to go to the comic book store. <laughs> they like, really want to make him a crossdresser. Yeah, what are they saying about Cyborg? Hmm. I did kind of laugh at the whole Beast Boy trying to take a piss, but he has all these things <laughs> running water, keeps running behind him. And Next up is Fractured. Larry! Sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she sees, you know, herself playing with Silky in the park, reading him bedtime stories, uh, cuddling with him, looking out at the stars, and then eventually it all culminates in watching Silky graduate from college. And Elastigirl says, you did well, Garfield. <laughs> so... The Doom Patrol leaves, and Cyborg and Raven thank their lucky stars to have a new thing to torture Beast Boy with. <laughs> which can generate black holes. Um, well, I mean, really, they should just get Superman. I mean, shit. It'll fix everything. Anyway, this is really funny because Raven wants some clarification on this, so she asks, your alien strength? And Starfire says, boundless confidence. <laughs> and for fuck's sake, who is Red X? Cyborg actually loses an arm during this runaround. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. It is. We see uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, and I'm sorry, uh, Mumbo the Magician. And next up on Rocky and Bullwinkle is Bunny Raven. We've seen Slade resurrected. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Also, Ron Perlman as Slade is awesome. Wish uh, I wish I could see. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're pointing out things I didn't think about. Shut up. <laughs> okay, what were you thinking? Uh, I'm sorry, I can't work tacos. 
Now I know how George Washington felt when Napoleon defeated him at, at Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> Where to God, it sounds like Gizmo says the word slut faces at one yes. point. Yes. Raven dropped a fucking bus on top of Tara. Yeah. <laughs> Tara shows that she has my metabolism, and she bathes in mud. Normally, I would have done my stoner voice for this episode, but I don't even care enough to do that. You know, they start scanning Beast Boy's blood. They're just using him as the guinea pig. You know, probably because he's the animal and could turn into a guinea pig. It basically has some sort of seizure and blows up, covering the center of the city in that purple goop, including its skeleton. It's gross and disgusting. Yeah, the um, rich giant rib cage is left on the street. Yeah, yeah. The brain is, and you you above all people oh, yeah. oh, know yeah. this. I know what you're going to say. What, yeah. What's that an homage to, Mike? Doctor Who. He's very clearly a Dalek. They're moving closer. Yeah. Could we finally be getting the payoff a la Wild Cards in Justice League? <laughs> nope. They are all turned into animals, too, except for Beast Boy, who can now only turn into inanimate objects. <laughs> As comic book fans, doesn't it ever annoy you guys that the Titan's arch enemy was named Slade and not Deathstroke? Yes! I know that Slade no. is supposed to. So the WrestleMania main event will be a triple threat elimination match between Speedy, Robin, and Will Uh Speaking of Cyborg, I loved the cloak attack where Raven travels up from the ground and opens the cloak and Cyborg comes out and blasts whoever it was he was blasting. That was very neat. I wish they had done that more often. I know it seems bad now, but trust me, you'll learn to like it. Mm, mm -hmm. Ooh! Yeah. I have to ask, did you uh, think of Ghostbusters when you heard the words proton cannon? <laughs> I didn't, but I should have, shouldn't I have? I think it should be noted that Go means five in Japanese, which oh. is pretty cool since you I got the five, the five would-be titans. Yeah, okay, cool. I, I had no clue. And then we get several Muppet Show references in this episode. Yeah, yeah, we do. We get Statler and Waldorf, for fuck's sake. Mm. You need to go that way. That's where Raven is. Where I'm going is a slightly hotter place. <laughs> Great line. Great line. Next up today is Betrayal. In this one, um, uh, uh, Tara betrays the Teen Titans. James, what were you thinking? And she's forcing Starfire to marry some green blob thing named Glurdle Scletch. <laughs> I'm going to synopsize this very quickly. Please do, because I have plenty, plenty to say about this one. He meets up with Aqualad, Speedy, Bumblebee, and Massimenos. Yeah, Massimenos. Hearing Raven utter the following phrase, of course they are, mother bakes them with love, <laughs> is just weird. But I like my biological parts. You need to be fixed. But I like them. No, you need to be fixed. But really, I like them. You need to be fixed. Yeah, exactly. Slade gets horribly, horribly mutilated, and he just, like, kind of cracks his skeleton back into place. It's... Ugh. I love Cyborg putting on the glove because he's going to give Robin a rectal exam. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> to check him for battery, so to speak. I like the ending with Robin when he approaches Beast Boy, and he's like, I'm sorry, I just guessed. You know, you could tell he feels bad for his friend. It's a fight that you don't really expect. Because you just when you're thinking of Teen Titans, it's kind of thinking, you don't really think of a one-on-one -on -one Beast Boy Slade fight, but no. it was fucking brutal. Well, I would like us to you know say a word or two for the death of Robin. He has uh, quite literally jumped the shark. 
and he sees Raven and Starfire, and he's like, hello, ladies. Mm-hmm. I just think of Val Venus every yeah. single time. <laughs> yes! Although, as with all DCAU shows, Teen Titans is not exactly flawless either. Billy Numers, worst Teen Titans villain ever, or is Mumbo still holding that title? We've got Mother May I coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. I don't think this is a terrible episode, but... I, I do think it's slow, repetitive, and boring. Oh my god. What what the fuck was this episode? It's blatant and it's it's pathetic how big of a mistake it is. First up today is the lost episode of Teen Titans. This is just a twelve minute little half episode, basically. Um Yeah. Um I think we're going to spend about four minutes on this. Um, that's that's rather generous. Could Madame Rouge's voice be any more stereotypical? I thought the music was really weak. I don't know how much crack the producers of this episode were on, <laughs> but my guess is that the amount falls somewhere between way too much and a metric fuck ton. This season is so good, and they throw this in there? <laughs> Slade is mentioned in the credits. He ain't in this episode. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, what is a static shock? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as World's Finest Podcast reaches its final ten episodes, Teen Titans has added to the rich tapestry of the show's existence. And as we brace ourselves for the final run, as JLU is finally covered, I leave you once again with the impressions garnered from our time spent with a moody circus boy, a demon from hell, an anime alien, a green shape-shifting vegan, and a cyborg. Suddenly, you know, Daiso's laughing and like, oh, 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 and Rob, <laughs> that's really what it sounds like. I'm not making it up. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Just not a sound effect I was expecting. That's all. I have no moped shapeshifter. Hey, Daddy O's, I'll give it back. I can't do it. I'll give it back to you. <laughs> the Puppet King? They only fought him once. I'm a recurring villain. Yeah. Evil beware, we have waffles. I'll get you next time, Titans. Next time. <laughs> Come here, Larva54139. Come here, who made you in a test tube? Join me, and together we shall go on a picnic. <laughs> or, I don't think you understand. On our planet, girlfriend means a female with whom you have a pleasant and special association, including the sharing of enjoyable recreation and occasionally the buying of bountiful floral arrangements. That's one big cherry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I gotta go. I don't know, Billy. Why do you want it? But, uh, the mysterious you figure... Pulled off that, you pulled off that hick accent a little too easily, sir. Well, look, look where I live. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the end of the world. Did you think it would be easy? Not to mention the Starfire-isms. Many of your earthly ways are still strange to me, but that was just plain freaky, correct? I even tried the word underpants. Yeah, she certainly is ugly like a monster, yes? He now opens larger cans of the butt whoop. <laughs> the control freak is a dork, yes? <laughs> Indeed. Cheerio, duckies. As always, Ian, thank you. Thank you very, very much. I honestly did not recall making the buy a shirt joke that much. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I, I trust. really didn't. I think I did. 
And then it's just like clip after clip, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Those those clip segments are just, they're the bee's fucking knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good. Um, I really can't wait until episode 100, when I presume Ian will put together a segment that covers all Everything? of WFP. I don't know if that'll happen. That's just me. Because, I mean, he'll have to turn one out for episode 99 covering Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Because, remember, we didn't do a look back at, J- at just regular Justice League. Mm-hmm. And then for the next episode, do one for all of WFP? I don't know. Don't know if that'll happen. But, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully hopefully our young British friend will be able to do that. So, yes. Yep. Oh, so Teen Titans. This is Teen it. Titans. We are done with the show. And I just want to say one thing about it, though. It's not in continuity. I was just fucking with you guys all along. No, no, that's me still fucking with you. <laughs> it's still in continuity. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I should have, I should have, I was trying to think of something to go along with it to be like, you know, yeah, seriously, you guys really thought that we thought it was in continuity? So where do you want to start with Teen Titans? Honestly, I think um, a couple of our emailers kind of stole our thunder a little bit, or at least a mine, little bit. Yeah. Uh, with the what I loved most about this whole series was, like they said, the character development. Mm. It was phenomenal. Every one of them, even you know, even we said you know, cyborg episodes generally weren't very strong. They weren't, mm. uh, but but he was still an endearing character who I I liked seeing on screen, and I loved his interactions with. With Beast Boy, with Robin, Starfire. He didn't, I mean, he didn't interact with Raven very much, but no. still, you know, it's... But when he did, I mean, there were some really good moments. I mean... Go? Uh, yeah, go. What does he say? You know, he's, he's green, like, I'm a robot, she's an alien, so what? You know? Yeah. It's um, like, I think you'll fit in just fine. Right, and then again, it wasn't with Raven, but remember his interaction with Starfire and Troc. Yeah. Um... You know, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. He didn't, again, not the best character. Of the five, he's probably my least favorite. But that's like saying he's my least favorite kind of orange. You know what I mean? It's like, I love oranges. I, 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 he's, he's just not the best, that's all. But he's still really good. Yeah. You know, um, and when they used him, they used him right. They always used him right. But I'm sorry, I stepped on you. You were saying. No, no, that that's that was a, a great little lead-in, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I I guess next I'll I'll jump to uh, Beast Boy. Uh, he, you know, he was kind of a background character for a lot of the first half of the series, um, and and until we got that is until you know Terra showed up, then he really got a a, a lot of great character development. And I just, you know, I felt so bad for him with how the whole Terra storyline, you know, turned out. And and then when season five rolled around, wow. Yeah. D- dude, just like, he be- he almost became the leader of the Titans. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he, he's the leader in the... In the, in the, the finale. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I could just jump from character to character, but I, I just love all of them. Yeah. I love all of them so very, very much. But, and but, but, I... I'm sorry, please continue. I was gonna I was just gonna say I wish this show had gone for more than five seasons. Yeah. 
Yeah, but no, no. Please continue. I mean, you you spoke about Sai. You spoke about BB. Keep going with with the characters. Uh, I guess I'll jump into Starfire next here. She is the most lovable character I have ever seen on screen. Yeah. Just every time you see her, you you do like the emailer said. You just want to give her a big old hug. Mm. <laughs> and she's she's the like the the personification of just innocence. Well, and this goes back to what Ian clipped out for his segment there. You know, how many times did we impersonate her 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 lines, yeah. Her, yeah, her lines. I mean, they're they're so naive and you know when we're impersonating her, we're not making fun. We, we honestly found them endearing. You know, cuz they were, they were just cute. She's just, you know, she she she's so innocent. You can't help but love her. I'm going to save Raven for last. Okay. Because I know you I'm sure you have a, a lot to say on her, but um Robin was so well done in this in this series. I, he was a fantastic leader, and he was. They showed his, you know, his his uh, follies, his his character flaws, the taking things way too seriously, and it it, it showed us what happens when, you know, or what would happen when he he did he, when he took everything way too seriously and. Um, he he just like ignored his friends, didn't trust them like Starfire. When Starfire like and I guess I can't remember what episode it was exactly, um, in season one where she's just like, you know, you and Slade are a lot alike. He did not trust you and you did not trust us. It was I think just, that was the first Red X episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It yeah. was the Red X episode. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's just like a punch to the gut and it he and I, I'm just—it's like a broken record here, but he got such great character development there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved him being, and I, I got to disagree with the emailer who said that Scott Menville was the weakest of the of the voice acting. And I, I, I grant that he said that he was, still did a great job, but right. I, I thought he did a fantastic job as uh, as Robin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, because he—I mean, yeah—he played the part serious, like let's say eighty percent of the time. But the other 20% of the time when he was allowed to spread his wings and be nervous or have a little bit of fun or or crack a joke, he did really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could still feel that this was Robin saying these, not just saying lines, but actually talking. You know, I never felt like it was someone just reading a line. These were people honestly talking to each other. I mean, you could still feel it was him but you were seeing this other side of him that you normally don't get to see because he's being grim Robin, the leader who wants to be Batman but really doesn't at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought he did a wonderful job. Yep. So that, I guess, brings me to Raven. Mm-hmm. My, by far my favorite character in the series. Um, I, the, I can't remember a scene with her in it that I didn't pay just... just seriously focused attempt to uh or attention to i should say um she uh tara strong brought such such great depth to that character and i I, like the emailer said i didn't i haven't read much if any teen titans comics so i don't know if about her uh her characterization in the comic books but this i can't imagine that anything i would read would uh make me uh, would would supplant uh, the, this version of Raven, the Teen Titans show version of Raven, as you know, quote unquote, my Raven. Yeah. The, it, I 
I'm trying to w- figure where I place Raven in terms of my favorite just cartoon characters of all time, but she is easily in the top ten. And I have seen many, many, many cartoons in my day. Yeah. So that says a whole hell of a lot. It really does. Um, the whole Her whole story arc with Trigon, uh, it was just intense, beautifully animated, wonderfully acted. Uh, her episode with uh, Timmy and Melvin yeah. and Bobby <laughs> Teether just... I could pop that episode into my DVD player and just watch it forever and never get sick of it because it is so, it is so awesome. Yeah. And I just, I cannot say enough about my love for this character. For me, I think if I were going to like rank the Titans, as I said, you know, I'll start at the bottom, but as I said before, you know, the bottom truly isn't the bottom, you know, not Um, at all down there. I, I think I'd put cyborg, a uh, great character, really fun character. I did love how conflicted he was. Um, and we see that right off the bat. You know, we know the team's been together a while, but he and Robin already have tension. So you know Cyborg doesn't want to listen to anybody else. You know, he wants to be a man on his own. He wants to uh, 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 run his own team. Um, but at the end of the day, he comes back to his friends because you know what? They're his friends. Um, and you know, when he does get to, uh, have his own team, what does he do? He comes back to his friends again. Um, as much as he wants to be on his own, he learns that he's not the loner that he thinks he is. So I, I really did enjoy that character. Uh, right above him, I, I gotta put Starfire. Um, I, I love how naive she is. I, I you know, her innocence is just so charming her relationship with Robin, you know, you just want them. You want to see them, not not like make out on screen. I mean, this is this is a cartoon aimed at a younger audience, of course, but you do want to know that they're holding hands, that they are open with each other, you know. And the main reason you want that to happen is because you know it's breaking uh, Starfire's heart that they're not that way. She's just so cute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Um, above her, Beast Boy. Um, yeah, he's funny. You know, the humor is great. I love the brain freeze joke. I know we're supposed to all groan <laughs> at it, but come on. That's a good joke. It uh, is. And he just saved the fucking day. Exactly. He can make the bad joke. Um, but yeah, that, that last season, especially those last few episodes where he's just getting super intense. You know, and he takes control of that team. He puts together five, uh, yeah, five, yeah, he puts together five heroes, one being himself, that should not work as a team at all. And he storms that base, you know. And you know, even though he didn't, we don't see it, he contacted all the other Titans, except Robin, who was frozen, and said, hey, we're going to storm this base. We might not make it, but you got to show up when you can to save our hides. He formulated that entire plan, you know, and as, as was said earlier, that shows how much of a great leader that guy became. Uh, yep. So I definitely love BB. Uh, right above him, Raven. Um, you're going to see today that three of the five episodes I chose were Raven episodes. Um, earlier I said I didn't choose Bunny Raven. The reason I didn't is because then I would have covered four Raven episodes. Um, and I, I just didn't want to do four episodes that centered on her. I just, she's just 
amazing. I really do feel she had the biggest and best character arc of all five primary titans. If you look at her where the show starts and you see where she is when the show ends, she may look like she's in the same place, but truly when you see all the episodes in a row, she has changed so much and she has opened up so much. We saw her fall in love. We saw her get in Robin's head. They talk about that bond that they share. Um, there's a potential romance with BB. Or previously, I've said that I thought there was a potential romance with Robin, but she wouldn't allow herself to have that because she knows, she, you know, she doesn't want to, for lack of a better term, cock block Starfire. She doesn't want to do that to her friend, but she truly opens up to Robin and becomes, they're probably, okay, Robin and Starfire are best friends, but beyond that, I would actually say Robin and Raven share a bond that's maybe even closer than Robin and Starfire share. Mm-hmm. Totally um, see what you mean there. Yeah. Uh, again, because they were in each other's heads. Uh, you know, Robin went to hell, literally hell, to save her. Um, so she respects him and loves him on a whole other level than anybody else on that team does. So yeah, again, just, just watching her grow, I honestly felt like I watched a real person grow and develop over uh, a couple of years span. You know, above her... Robin, it's Robin, it's Dick Grayson, it's the future Nightwing. What else do I need to say? Come on. There's nothing else that's going to be Not a whole lot. Exactly. And above him, Larry! Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I should have seen that coming, (laughs) honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I honestly do feel, out of all the programs we've watched so far, I can't speak about JLU uh, because, you know, we just haven't covered it yet. I do feel, like, if when you compare this to Justice League, this is a much more cohesive team. I feel like they honestly are friends. uh, Because, and you know, I mean, they live together. They all live in that tower. Where the Justice League, they go about their daily lives and they come together when they have to. And I think the Titans living together, it allowed the, the writers, the creators, to show different kinds of dynamics to write and create different stories than they could with the justice league. And I, I think that resulted in a much more, uh, bonded. Is that the right word? Team, uh, a much more cohesive team, mm-hmm. even though they're young, even though they're side quote unquote sidekicks, junior heroes, whatever you want to call them. I honestly feel that they, rank right up there next to the Justice League in terms of power, in terms of uh, ability to save the day, in terms of experience. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, these are just, this is just a wonderful, wonderful team. Yeah, so that's all I have to say about them. <laughs> um, so let's talk about our favorite villains. Uh, Slade's at the top for both of us. We know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah. So uh, why, don't, why don't you uh, say some things about Slade? I think you can, I, I think whatever you say, I'm just going to agree with. So, you know, you, you can have our say about Slade, and then we'll talk about the other villains from there. Slade was next to perfect. Mm-hmm. Not perfect, because nothing is, but next to it. Mm-hmm. And really... They could not have picked a better voice for him and Ron Perlman, yeah. who, whom incidentally I mentioned uh, a 
few episodes back of WFP that I, I thought he was, uh, I think he was a main character on Sons of Anarchy, and he is. Uh, he's one of the the main characters in that show. And I started watching that show. Fan fucking tastic show. If you're not offended by major league crass language and violence and shit, uh, really do yourselves a favor, viewers, and check it out. It's it's a really really good show. Um, so anyway, back to uh, Slade here. I don't even know what I could say about that character that would really accurately do him justice. The, he was the perfect foil for Robin. He was everything Robin is, just on the other side of the coin. Um, and is and this is of course mentioned by Starfire, Slade himself, and even Robin. Finally, at the end of the very end of the last episode of season one, yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I I really am like him, as much as I hate to admit it." Yeah. Uh, he just knows how to get into people's heads and not stop. He he'll get into your head and then he'll just he'll go right down into your heart and just rip it out. What about you? <laughs> I like I said, I'm just gonna echo everything you said. Um, but I want to focus on Ron Perlman for a second, or, or a second more, I should say. What I loved about his portrayal is that. The way he played Slade, Slade almost seems bored half the time. Um, Not that Ron Perlman's bored, but Slade is just so flat. There's this lack of emotion. Um, So maybe bored wasn't the right word. Um, What's... uh, Monotone? No. What's that condition? Shoot. There's a psychological condition that I'm trying to think of, and I can't think of it right now. But basically, he just has no compassion for anybody. He uses everybody. He sees everybody and everything as a tool to get at his ultimate goal, whatever that may be. And because he has no emotion for anybody, no emotion for the world, you know, you can just feel that. You can hear that in his voice. But every now and then, There'll be this little bit of pleasure or anger. And Ron Perlman still playing that character in that kind of flat way that he chose to play the character. But you can hear the emotion come through. And it's just this subtle bit. I mean, yeah, sometimes he does get yelling and ranty. But most of the part, most of the time, it's it's this very subtle thing. You have to be listening for it. And it shows you what a really excellent voice actor that man is um to still stay mostly flat but just bring it up or down a little to tell you what that character is feeling um and a lot like you know a lot like actors who wear a mask Perlman could never Perlman and the creators of the show could never rely on Deathstroke's facial expressions to convey what he was feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew when Raven, Robin, everybody else in the show was miffed or happy or whatever. You never know what's going on underneath that mask. Um, so they needed to find a voice actor who could always convey that just with his voice. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, they, they couldn't use the animation as a crutch. Um, to, to convey anything about Slade. And, uh, again, Ron Perlman did that just amazingly. 
I gotta tell you, the way you were describing him there, uh, with the mostly flat delivery is very, very similar to Michael Ironside's Dark Side. Because Darkseid really doesn't raise his voice that much. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's very similar to how Ron Perlman uh, did his Slade, mm-hmm. and and that's probably because Michael Ironside is a, a beyond a professional at at that. He's a character actor in this, and he gets into his characters just like Ron Perlman has with all of his other DCAU characters. But this one just blows all the rest of them out of the water. As, as as great as those characters were, you know, Clayface and you know, whoever else that I'm just forgetting at the moment that he voiced is, is just this character of Slade is he may be the best just villain in all the DCU. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so villain wise, uh who would you who would you say is the second best villain on this program? Um or maybe not right. second best, but second favorite. Because mm-hmm. there is a difference. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> I gotta be honest. For just completely different reasons, control freak. Yes, I, I was hoping you'd say control freak. <laughs> just, he's just such a goof. <laughs> he, you cannot hate that character, even though he's he's a you know he's a villain, but and he's 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 kind of a douchebag. But I mean, it. God damn it, the dude is so entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Let me jump in here. I think anybody who likes Teen Titans, okay, so I'm going to, anybody that doesn't like Teen Titans, I'm going to leave them out of this, but anybody who likes Teen Titans but doesn't like Control Freak, I think maybe they don't like themselves. And I don't mean to offend (laughs) anybody, because I'm not saying we're all like Control Freak, but in some way we are. We're all fanboys. That's why James and I are doing this podcast. That's why you're listening to this podcast, because you're a fanboy. What is it called? Earth2.net? Geek culture at its finest? Exactly, exactly. We all know what it's like to be on a chat forum, whether it's at Earth2.net or another website, and talk uh, obsessively talk about these things we love. And Control Freak just takes it to the next level. He is us. <laughs> Again, just amplified about a hundredfold. Exactly, exactly. So if you don't like Control Freak... I, I, I don't know. Uh, that makes me a little sad because it makes me think maybe you don't like yourself a little <laughs> when you should embrace that. That's what Earth 2 and all the podcasts, including WFP, is all about, is embracing that geeky side. Um, and Control Freak's done it. I've done it. James has done it. So let, let's have you guys do it, too, and, you know, look at Control Freak and just be like, yeah, he's an awesome character. <laughs> Aqualad and Bumblebee forever. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I still love that chat room sequence. Oh, yeah. How can you not? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, what else do you want to say about Control Freak? Uh, well, I mean, there's not a whole lot else to say about no. Control Freak because, you know, he's his episodes are basically the same thing. And that's but... the thing. He's potentially a one-note character that they got a bunch of episodes out of, and each episode feels different. Mm-hmm. They they never felt tired, old, boring, or anything like that. They were always entertaining. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next? Um, I guess next I'll throw Mad Mod out there. Okay, just great, entertaining character, humongous douchebag. Mm-hmm. But who cares? He's British, yeah. and that I, that gives grants him a pass. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it just 
I, I got to tell you, every time I saw a Mad Mod episode, I think, well, there are only, what, two? Yeah, technically? I think so, yeah. Minus the little cameo he made and revved up. But, yeah. you know, I, I thought of Ian. <laughs> Just, not because Ian's a douchebag. Please don't, no, Ian, please no, no, do no, not no. think I'm, I'm making that kind of... Uh, analogy there i just ian is like he's the quintessential brit for me <laughs> well again remember ian put the he's, he claims he puts that on for the for, for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ian's our own special little king Madi. <laughs> yes uh nothing but good things to say about the character because his episodes were really great in that you know the with all the homages to you know the beatles monty python whatever else they were referencing in those episodes yeah yeah i don't know if i would put Madi up that high but he he truly is a fun villain i think you can say that about a lot of the teen titans villains uh, maybe not a lot but you know we've got control freak we've got Madi. um i think they were trying to go for that with mother may i but that just i don't know what the hell they were doing there um they were doing LSD. Yeah, yeah. Red X, he's supposed to be a fun villain. Not funny, but fun and exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's you know, not really not really a villain. Right. In, yeah. in the strictest sense, anyway. He's Robin's Catwoman, just without the, the love story. Mm-hmm. That, that's what he really is. You know, Catwoman, she does bad things, but she's not trying to take over the world. She's not really trying to kill people. Well... Maybe once in a while, you know, but, but really she's not a bad person. She just has her own agenda that puts her in a gray area that Batman doesn't know how to deal with. That's what Red X is doing with Robin. Um, so yeah. Um, for me though, in that third slot, instead of King Madi, I would put the entire brotherhood. Now, I don't mean the big, huge group that we see at the end. You know what I mean? Brain, Mala. The core. Yeah. Um, I just forgot her name. Madame Rouge. And we don't mm-hmm. see a whole hell of a lot of uh, General Immortus or whatever his name was. We really don't get him a lot. But just them. Just, wow. Brain, Mala. Yeah. I mean, I, other... I should. I, I see. I, I'm going to, like, just jump in here because I'm not necessarily putting mod, like, third place i'm okay. just kind of i was just kind of rattling off villains i really like oh, okay but, see I, I thought we were ranking them because that's why i said let's start with slade and okay. go from there so okay, well, okay. no big deal so no big my deal. apologies for that but um yeah i i totally agree the brotherhood just the, the inner circle of the brotherhood as a collective is just fucking amazing yeah and i mean i know we spoke about it um a few episodes back uh, but what was his name glenn shedix yes just the way he played Mala and Brain was just, especially Brain, was just frightening. Yeah, very, very evil. Yeah. Uh, obviously. but and, and again, like Ron Perlman played Slade, there's a certain flatness to it. And every now and then, anger would come into it. Or a little bit of ego would come into it. But it was only this little bit. But you could still hear it. You could still sense it in the voice. And that, that's a mark of a great voice actor. Same thing I said about Perlman, I'm saying about Glenn here. Um, and that really helps put Mala and Brain into that upper tier of villains for me. It's, it's not just what they did and who they did it to, it's how they were portrayed. So that, that's all I have to say about that. I, I will say, though, 
Madame Rouge sometimes looking back did kind of get on my nerves from time to time. I know she yeah. was supposed to be kind of a cliche, but it did get a little tired. Uh, but still, I mean, cool power. They used it well. She is what she is. She knows she's a villain. She she doesn't pretend that she's not. <laughs> so as I've always said, I, I kind of forgive that. Any other villains you you want to rattle off that that you really enjoyed? No, I I'm, I may f- be forgetting one, but I, I, as of right now, I can't think of another one that I really loved. You know. Okay. Well, then let's go to the flip side. What are some villains that you just did not? Oh like? shit! I'm oh, sorry. Let oh, me go, go back. Jinx. Oh, Jinx! Absolutely. Yeah. I. I yeah. Fuck. <laughs> she was cool as shit. And, <laughs> yeah. I uh, loved her interactions with Kid Flash and. I loved the face turn they gave for her. Oh yeah! In the in the finale, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I I I kicked myself if I didn't mention her. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and yeah. really and really the uh, a lot of the hive people, the yeah. villains were were fun. They weren't really overly serious villains, but but they were fun. They were fun to watch. Yeah, Billy Numerous. <laughs> Speaking of villains, I don't like uh, Billy Numerous. <laughs> Although I will grant in um, Kid the Kid Flash the Lightspeed, uh, he as a as part of a group he wasn't as bad. Yeah, I I I was able to just kind of sit back and you know enjoy it. It wasn't his character wasn't nearly as annoying. It was still the same character, but you know not being the forefront of the episode, I was able to accept it. Yeah. Um. Just real quick, and I know we're sort of talking about uh, villains we, we weren't so keen on right here. Uh, we Neither of us brought up Trigon for our favorite or the best. Oh, yeah. Why do you think that is? Cause, I mean, we only get... I mean, we do see him for a little bit in um, Nevermore. But it turns out... I mean, it's, it's Trigon, but it's really Raven's anger. Yeah, it's not really Trigon. Right, so we only truly get him. There's little hints of him throughout. But we only truly get him in the end. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. No. You know, Slade is doing stuff. Uh, Trigon has, the, you know, he pulls out the dark side of the three titans on the surface to do some stuff. And, you know, at the end, yeah, he does have a big battle with Raven. I mean, yeah, he does destroy the world, don't get me wrong. But there isn't a lot of character development with him. Maybe it's because he's just is the devil and he's just supposed to be evil. Um, but I, I think that's that's why I, I can't really say I rank him as one of my favorite. Right. Um, but nor can I say he's one of my least favorite. He's he's sort of just there because, again, he's the personification of evil. There's not much you can do with that, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he did much of anything, he, he would just annihilate the, the Titans. Right. He was just toying with them the whole time. Exactly. Um, so going back to some of our least favorite ones, you mentioned Billy Numerous. I'll throw out, I already said her, Mother May I. My God. What the hell was that episode? Yeah, I don't know. Mother bakes them with love. <laughs> oh, man. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to say anything else about her. Uh, what about Kitten? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. yeah. And uh, I'll be coming back to her in a little bit. Oh, okay. okay. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, um, I mean, I thought Killer Moth was funny. Just, again, the way he could never be a proper parent. <laughs> well, yeah. He had no clue. <laughs> so that was funny. But but Kitten, his daughter, was just, I know. And, and the fact that what we get her twice, right? Yeah, well, she she comes back in the... Uh the first part of the of the finale right yeah okay so let's say we get her one and a half times yeah. or one and a quarter times or something that was still too much i mean yeah her first appearance really is just to keep the robin starfire romance rolling um really show us that there is something there but uh, kitten. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, big fella, did Killer Moth create you in a lab? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. See, when you have that as her father, how could you end up creating a character like Kitten, who's just, eh, you know, super... I mean, I know she's supposed to be super annoying. I get that. But she's just not a good villain at all. You know, I don't know. Maybe, she, maybe she's not even supposed to be a villain. Maybe she's just supposed to be an antagonist. There's a difference. I don't know. Um, your father join me and we will go on a picnic or something yeah um okay here's another one neither of us mentioned blackfire yeah blackfire was just really annoying yeah just incredibly over the top uh her first appearance uh she got you you knew she was going to turn out to be the villain right even if you had never seen the episode you knew she was going to be the villain yeah just the way she acted, she, and it was just so one note. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back. It's the exact same thing, just on Tamaran. Yeah, yeah. Hi, sister. I'm evil. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't have a mustache to twirl, so I'll just uh, do a pantomime here. <laughs> yes. How about what's his face? Punk Rocket. Oh God. Oh my God. From the not really an episode. Yeah. And honestly, I would throw Johnny Rancid out there, except he was voiced by Henry Rollins, so I won't. <laughs> yeah, he'll find you and punch you. He's in the middle. He's in the middle. So don't hate him. Don't don't like him. Um, what about Doctor Rapes a lot? Better known as Doctor Light. <laughs> oh my god, dude, it is so fucking annoying and so utterly hopeless. I know, and he doesn't get it. He honestly thinks he's like a big the bad hot villain. Shit. I know. But to his credit, I will say that in Nevermore, before Raven completely goes wild on him, he's handing the Titans their ass. True. He's beating the shit out of them. And then once Raven freaks him out, that's where the character kind of becomes a joke. And every time they meet him, they treat him as such. I mean, he might knock the Titans down here and there. But he's never really considered a big threat. But his first outing, he was. You know, I mean, what, he was the main villain once Mm -hmm. in Cole, right? Yeah. And that was just a shitty episode, but that wasn't even uh, uh, Dr. Light's fault. That was, I I put that whole thing on the non-development of the Cole character. Gnark gets a little bit of development, and, and Cole's just all, I'm cheery and I turn into crystal, throw me. What? What? No. So I don't know. I don't know where to put Doctor Light. I guess is where I'm going. You know, he's, he's probably in the middle there with Johnny Rand. Yeah, he's definitely not a favorite of mine. But I can't call him a bad villain either. Um, there's another villain. I'm surprised neither of us has mentioned yet. Brother Blood. I don't dislike him, but he, 
I don't like him either. So I, he's probably somewhere in the middle too because I think he started off strong and then just completely just fell off the fucking cliff in that last episode of season three. Yeah, the more... Maybe when he, maybe when he became, you know, half cyborg or whatever. Yeah, the more I think back about season three, the... I think we could both agree it's the weakest of all the seasons. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. And it's not because it's a cyborg season, it's because it's a brother blood season. That's why. He really needed a stronger foe. Um, and, And blood was just fucking annoying. He was weak as a character, not in terms of power. Um... And they just really didn't do anything good with them at all. I've got amazing psychic powers, but I want to be a robot too. And I'm obsessed with this robot guy who isn't under my control. What? I I don't get that at all. I get Slade's motivations. I get Trigon's. You know, uh, I get the Brotherhoods. I, I get all these guys. Even Control Freak's motivation. I get that. Bloods? I, I No, I just don't. No. Uh, what other villains? Uh, should we throw Tara into this conversation? Ah, interesting. And we'll use her as a bridge, too, because I want to talk about um, our favorite and least favorite uh, honorary titans, too. So, yes, let's let's talk about Tara as a villain. Where, kind of, you know, we're, let's say some stuff about her. I... Look, I liked season two as a whole. I really did. Mm-hmm. And I liked the Tara character. Uh, overall, mm. I just I, I I'm not sure how I feel really about how she became a villain, the heel turn. Yeah, uh, because it was just so out of left field, and they really didn't explain it very well. Because the only reason they give for Tara becoming a villain is because she thinks Beast Boy told a secret, but he never did. So I mean, it was it was very much like a wrestling thing where. Uh, a, a teammate turns on another because of something he thought happened, but really didn't, and then they feud for nine months. So it's like that's what's there on the surface. But with that whole season, because Slade is pulling the strings, you really got to read into what's going on. Slade was watching her from the beginning, you know. So she and when she ran away from the Titans because she perceived BB as. Uh, doing that to her, Slade then swooped in and completely manipulated her, brainwashed her, uh, made her believe that she had no friends. He played off that insecurity and that one quote-unquote betrayal and really blew that up in her mind to the point where he could get her to go back, infiltrate the Titans, and then betray them. Um, So it started out there, but you really have to read between the lines and see what Slade was doing. It's not like she... If she were just doing that on her own, then I would agree with you. But because we have this mastermind doing it, there's so much more going on there that, than, than we actually see on screen. You are absolutely right. So I rescind everything I just said. So now, what about her as a hero? Uh, as a hero, I, I would have loved to have, have seen her become a full-time Titan. I, I think she would have... They they could have you know further developed a, a Beast Boy Terra relationship, mm-hmm. which I would have loved to have seen more of. Yeah. So you know I, I I think as a hero I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot really. 
Yeah, I, I wish she would have been in the bulk of season five. I wish, they, or five, excuse me, two. Um, I wish they would have included her in the credits. Um, actually, because she's not there, we never fully buy her as a member of that team. If in the cartoon, I think she has a, an interesting power. I like the way they used it. I love the relationship with Beast Boy. Um, looking back, I mean, I don't fully understand Raven's cattiness, or I didn't at the time, but now looking back, oh, maybe if she had feelings for BB, there was some sort of love triangle going on there. So I kind of like the relationship she, uh, Raven and uh, Tara had going on. Um... And I don't know, she was just fresh blood to add to the mix. Yeah, it was only the second season, but it was nice throwing someone new in that early and seeing how it shook up the entire team, both for the better and the worse. Um, because they knew her, and because of what she did to them, it made that team stronger. And it uh, you know it brought them closer together. And I'd like to think it allowed them to face what they would ultimately have to face with Trigon and the Brotherhood at the end of the day. They, I wish they would have used her more, but what they did do with Terra, I think they uh, did well, very well. So should we jump into the honorary Titans then? Yeah, do you mind if I start off? No, go ahead. Masi Manos. Hello. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, they're these cute little guys, they're brothers, and they love each other, and they got to hold hands, and when they're not together, they cry because they're separated, and oh my god, they're funny, and I can't understand <laughs> a damn word they're saying, but I love these guys. <laughs> uh, oh, they're so, they're just so much fun. Massimo, no si podemos! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of all of the Titans East. But those two, I mean, I would watch a Titans East cartoon just because they were on it. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we talk about Starfire just being cute and having a certain kind of charm, and they they have that too. They're not as naive as her, not by, not by a long shot, but they still have this we-just-want-to-have-fun thing going on. And when their heart's broken, like Starfire, you feel for them. And it's amazing because... They're not main characters. They're only in a handful of episodes. You can probably count on one hand how many episodes. Maybe, yeah, they're probably going to be five or six episodes total, I would guess. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're not the main players usually. But, oh, oh, Masi Manos. <laughs> and then at the end, when Mas loses his brother and he's going to find Manos. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, what honorary titans would you like to mention? Um... I'm not sure. Let me see. I'm trying to go, just go over all of them in my head. Mm -hmm. um, I actually I like Bumblebee as a leader mm -hmm. of the Titans East. I think she was the perfect choice because yeah. uh, you know she she definitely had that aura of you know of, of command around her. Yeah. People, I, she she really came across as a, char a character that the other Titans would respect and follow. Yeah. So I I get them props for giving that kind of character development to a character we only saw, what, four times, maybe? If that, yeah. You know, I wasn't uh, crazy about Aqualad or Speedy, only because we didn't get enough of them to really, you know, to really connect with them. Exactly, yeah. Especially Speedy, because we did get, Aqualad did get, you know, his own episode. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, and I, I, thought, I, I wasn't I, crazy about it. Yeah, I thought Will Wheaton did a good job voicing Aqualad. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, yeah, both he and Speedy could have used... They could have used another episode or two, 
to really flesh them out. Yeah. Because um, Speedy just comes off as Robin with arrows. And, I mean, they, they, they play on that a couple of times. In the one, what season two, where they all get sucked into the fighting world with the guy with the gem, you know? Yes. Um, I have no moped shapeshifter. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and then in uh, For Real, you know, that little kid calls Speedy Robin. I liked your other mm-hmm. costume better, Robin. You know, so they're <laughs> constantly playing on that. And that's fine, but they needed to make him more than just Robin light. I guess the uh, my next Titans, honorary Titans that I absolutely adored. Look, Melvin and and Teether yeah. and Timmy Tantrum and Bobby. And Bobby, yeah. Holy shit, that was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Especially when they when Bobby the big reveal with Bobby. Yeah, just just awesome. Yeah, there's really very little depth to these characters, but who cares? Yeah, those those are some fun characters. We we don't get much of them, but Kid Flash. Fuck yes. I mean, again, Michael Rosenbaum playing Wally West. I mean, come on. You know, he is... And I put him right up there with Slade and Glenn Shaddix in terms of just great, great voice actors. Um, for the entire DCAU, not just Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Glenn was primarily... In Teen Titans, he does have some roles uh, elsewhere in the DCAU, but seriously, in all of the DCAU, those guys, they, they, they really, really were just awesome. And, and you know, I, I loved the, pardon the word, guys, the continuity that uh, Michael, Rosenbaum, Michael Rosenbaum pardon me, brought uh, from his older Flash, his older Wally West, that, that he brought to his younger Wally West, his kid Flash. You can tell it's the same guy underneath the mask just you know let's say 10 12 years younger yep um and yeah i i I mean i do regret that we didn't get more kid flash absolutely because i've said it before and i'll say it again the flash is my favorite character in the justice league uh so (laughs) you know if we could have got more of them in teen titans you know that would have been great but what we got was excellent nonetheless indeed uh, who else is there? You know, Red Star. Oh yeah, a, Red Star was for good. the one for the one episode we got him. He was a you know a very likable character. You really felt bad for him, and I, his interaction with Starfire was brilliantly written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of any others that really had you know an episode or, or some real real character development. I guess uh, real the second part of the finale that with uh, uh, what was her name? Um, Panther and yeah. Panther and uh, Jericho and Harold. The, mm-hmm. As a collective, they were really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, they were. Individually, I think they bore the shit out of me. Yeah, but together, <laughs> yeah, they they definitely did bring a unique dynamic to the program. And I really do feel it was gutsy to not have the primary team as the team in that episode. Yep. Um, and you know, ever since the early days of WFP, I've always praised gutsiness. Always. Yes. And it paid off here, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really trying to rack my brain to, th- to think of other Titans. And I know we're going to get done recording. I'm gonna be like, oh, my God, I forgot about. And then there was yeah. this one, too. But that's Happens every time we do one of these. Exactly. I mean, well, we can go to the forums and, yep. and, and discuss that. You know, that's what we want you guys to do, too, is uh, go to the forums and talk about your favorite and least favorite uh, Titans and uh, their villains. 
Oh my god. What? I can't believe I forgot in terms of least favorite villains. Fucking Ding Dong Crapio. <laughs> he popped into my head, but I was going to just ignore him. Pretend it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one episode that's not in continuity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that and uh, Hoop Squad. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get on to uh, our, our regrading of the episodes, let's rank the seasons from best to the third. <laughs> uh, how would you rank these? I don't know if we've uh, ever done this before. No. No, because, you know, the shows we've done before didn't have this many seasons. That's true. Best, it, I'm really, really torn between four and five. Mm-hmm. I Because each one has such great things about it. The season four is, it's the fucking Raven season. I mean, that's all you need to say about it. Season five has all that awesome Beast Boy character development. But I guess push comes to shove, I got to give it to season four because Raven is my favorite character. She does get all that wonderful character development, especially as relates to her relationship with Robin. Slade is just in uber badassery mode. Uh, finally get the Trigon reveal. Yeah, I, I, I have no qualms about giving season four the top spot and i absolutely agree with you there absolutely uh so what would you put in the second slot then the fifth season yeah that 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 would be next and it's not overly far behind or anything it's not like there's a humongous gap between season four and five but um it's really season four just got the nod because of my love for the raven character but season five is amazing it's only got one maybe two crappy episodes yeah and it's got Kid Flash. It's got all the Titans, all the the uh, cameos, the uh, the Brotherhood. Just there's there's so many awesome things you can say about season five. Um, I agree with that. Uh, so what's next? This is where it gets a little tricky. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in. Oh, go ahead. And I'm going to say that I hate to do it, but I'd say one and two tie for me. If only because I don't want to put one in the fourth spot. <laughs> I mean, you know, season one, we've got the great Robin Slade story going on, you know, and it's just, but the first season still, it's a bumpy ride here and there. Uh, some of the voice acting, or, yeah, they, they haven't quite hit their mark yet, you know, uh, but again, we still got Slade. Um, and season two, it's the Terra season, but some of the non-Terra stories weren't that great. You know, no. like, Winter Takes All, not a bad story, but still, eh, kind of useless. We really didn't need it, you know? But we also got stuff like Only Human. Yeah, so, for me, one and two, really gotta put them on the same level. But what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with season one in the third spot. Um, just because we get our introduction to Slade... Uh, we get the awesome fight scenes between uh, Robin and Slade. Uh, it's and we really, you know, we get our first introductions to the characters, and it has one of my favorite episodes in the whole series, Nevermore. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I'll go with uh, season one in the the uh, third spot, and season four in the fourth spot. Okay. And then uh, wait, season four in the fourth spot? You mean Just season- it. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. in season two. Season two in the fourth spot, right? And then both of us agree, season three at the bottom. Yeah. And and that's a shame, because Cyborg did deserve better. 
Yes, he did. Um, I think if he would have had a stronger season, we both would have been uh, much higher. And again, we both liked the character. We would have been much higher on him. It, it's just his season just isn't really anything to talk about. Um, is there anything else you want to say about Teen Titans before we get on to our uh, score or our, our, our look, our rescores, regrading, whatever we're going to call it? No, I'm ready and raring to get to the regrades. Okay, um, I think this may be the first time that ahead of time, I don't know which ones you're going to choose. So we may have some uh, overlap here. Um, why don't you do one, then I'll do one. We'll just bounce back and forth like that. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to start with an episode that you said you weren't going to regrade, and that being Bunny Raven. Okay. Uh, I gave this an 8 originally, mm-hmm. but, you know, I go back and I looked at it, and, yeah, the whole thing with them painting themselves and it, it, the kind of really non-explanation of how they got out of there was, brought it down to a 7. Okay. Still still a fun episode. I, I It's... it's it was stupid the way they got out of there, but it's still a really funny episode. And then, of course, we I did this before that email came in, oh, uh, yeah, explaining, yeah. Uh, giving a pretty good, good explanation. So I could actually see my way of not regrading this. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and stick with the seven here. Okay. Um, I went with Nevermore for my first one. Um, you gave it a ten. I initially gave it an eight. And... You know, I didn't have time to listen back to all... You know, I really wanted to sit down and listen to the reviews of the ones I was going to regrade so I could just remind myself what I initially said about them to find what I liked, what I didn't like. And I didn't have time to listen to each each review in full, but the little bit that I was able to hear of our review of Nevermore, I don't remember saying a bad thing about this one. In fact, when we were scoring it, I said something like, I'm going to give this one an 8 for some reason, but I think I'm going to come back to it. Well, that's what I'm doing right here. Um, like I said earlier, Dr. Light to start, he's a badass until Raven just scares the shit out of him. Um, there is excellent animation all around, and we get a really, really great look at the character of Raven. I'm bumping it up to a 10. Awesome. Yeah. So now we both gave that one tens. Uh, what's next for you? <laughs> next is Fractured. <laughs> okay. Um, I you gave this? Did you give this a ten? I, I gave it remember. a ten. I, I should. I, why am I even asking that? <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, yeah, it's. I wasn't nearly as high on it as you, yeah. but I went back and watched it, and yeah, it is really. It, it it's. I gave it a seven, which isn't a bad. No, not at all. But it's. It's a lot funnier that I gave it credit for, so I'm bumping it up to an 8. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, my 10's very high, but I just love Larry. You know, <laughs> I mean, I can't not give that one a 10. I did contemplate uh, uh, looking at that one again, but I, I was like, no, no, I can't do it. That's a 10. It's sticking. <laughs> but I'm sorry, did you want to say more about Fractured? I kind of jumped in on you there. No, no, that that's all I need to say about it. Okay. Uh, next up for me was Betrayal. Uh, this is another one that you gave a 10, I gave an 8, and at the end of the day, I said the same thing. I'm giving this one an 8, but I think I'm going to come back to it. Looking at this one, it's very powerful, extremely emotional, and the ending, it's great in that it kind of leaves you empty way. You know, I mean, it's what I appreciated about uh, Things Change. 
You know, that at the end of the day, you feel sad for these characters. They just, especially Beast Boy, he's just had his heart ripped out. Um, that ending with him as the hound dog wrapped around that, that, that heart-shaped box that he gave to Tara, just whimpering, not whimpering, but uh, whatever, you know, moaning. Uh, I, I don't know how that cannot just, just tear you to shreds. Um... And I got to agree with you here, too. That's going up to a 10. Wow. Yeah. That one surprises me a lot. Yeah. But again, I was, I was you know, trying to listen back to that one. Again, didn't get to hear the whole review. But again, I, I don't know. I don't remember saying a negative thing about that one, really. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I said, at the end of that show, I did say I'm going to come back to this one, but I'm going to give it an eight for now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just. Wow, that's all I can say about that one is wow. I don't know what was going on in my head at that time that prevented me from giving it a 10, but I've corrected that, I feel. So what's next for you? Uh, next for me, kind of off-the-wall choice here, but is is going to be Can I Keep Him? Oh, okay, the silky uh, one, right? Yeah. Uh, I gave this a 4 originally. I'm bumping it up to a 5. Okay. Um, my reasons are not, like, the most are not the deepest, but one of them is because I forgot there was a, a fucking hilarious gag that they did in the episode that I don't think either of us mentioned in that episode. Johnny Rancid says, smooth move, bur- uh, smooth move, bird boy. My dog is going to kick you. And then Beast Boy turns into a donkey oh, and kicks him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had completely forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, I want to say one of us did mention that, but maybe not. I don't know. But uh, um, that is a good gag. <laughs> <laughs> the other reason is this, I believe, I believe this is the episode where people were like, oh, you're taking, you take this thing too seriously. Or, yeah, I was, I was undergrading it because it was just so uh, childish, maybe, I, I, for lack of a better adjective. If it isn't, I, whatever, but, I, you know, I'll, I'll bump it up to a five. Not, not a great grade or anything, but it's now not below average anymore. Exactly. Earlier, I said that I was going to be regrading three Raven episodes. Here's the second of those three, Birthmark. Why did I give this an eight? I mean, Ron Perlman, we've been gushing about him this entire episode. He's the only note I wrote down as I rewatched this episode. And what I wrote is, Ron Perlman is brilliant. I mean... He's just creepy. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because, you know, we're in Halloween season and I'm sort of getting in the mood for that. And that's why I'm scoring this one a 10 again. Again, you <laughs> gave that a 10. I gave it an 8. We're seeing a pattern here. I'm going up to a 10. So maybe it's the Halloween season. I don't know. I don't know. But Ron Perlman is just, he carries that episode. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff with Raven, with Robin, but that's all Ron Perlman, that's all the return of Slade, and we just get to see him just be this new version of Slade, who's much more powerful, knows he's unstoppable, and is going to do whatever he wants, because you know what? He can. That's why. Oh my god, yes. I just go back to where Cyborg swings that humongous thing at him, and it just, he just, his body cuts it in half. He just stands there, and it cuts in half around him. (laughs) Cyborg's just like, whoa! Um, and, and then Ron, oh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, Slade. Slade. Slade's just like, whoa. 
that's it? Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting a little more than that. Exactly. No, 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 little, no witty quip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love that episode yeah. so much. Yeah, very good episode. What's next? <laughs> We're about to make the biggest jump in history here from in terms of quality of episodes, Uh-oh. but I'm going with Revved Up. Uh-oh. This episode got a two for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a very superficial reason for me changing my grade on this episode. Uh-huh. I noticed going back over all of my grades for Teen Titans on that lovely Excel spreadsheet uh-huh. that I did not give a single episode a 1 out of 10. <laughs> so I see some of his parts, nah, only human, nah. Lost episode wasn't really an episode yeah. in the strict sense. <laughs> Aha! Revved up with Ding Dong Crapio. <laughs> starring in an episode that should have lasted 38 seconds. Perfect. It's a one. I was starting to wonder if either of us were actually going to decrease a score. I mean, so far we've gone up. I've, I've given three tens so far. You've gone up two. But okay, we got one that went down. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I feel I feel so good doing that because the, the only thing that it was worth a shit in that episode was the Red X destroying all the other cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, hang on, just one second here. Um, let me see. What am I looking for? Okay, I wanted to double check what we both gave. Terrible trio, and we both gave that zeros. I just wanted to see if this was worse, if you were grading this lower than Terrible Trio, <laughs> but no. Oh, fuck. No, it's not that bad. That and Toys in the Hood are the gold standard of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, next up for me, this is my third of the three Raven episodes I'm going to look back at, The Prophecy. Um, as we were discussing that one, I kept saying... You know, it was just missing something, something in quotes for me. And right. I just couldn't put my finger on what that was. And having rewatched it, I don't know what was going on with me. I don't. But watching it again, it wasn't missing anything for me this time. Um, I said it earlier, uh, you know, I love the Raven story arc. Um, and we really. This is like a major turning point for the character, this episode. Raven's anger at Slade when she's like, I'm not finished yet. And she reaches into the ground and pulls him back up. Um, It's scary. You know, at first we think she's being this big badass hero. But then we start to realize that, you know, because later on we see that the Titans are deathly afraid of her at this point, And we understand why. You know, we're seeing her as a hero, but... It's scary because she's embracing her destiny. She's embracing the fact that she is the daughter of the devil. You know, she's losing control. And I like how you can see it both ways. Her being a hero, but still, this might be a step for her in the wrong direction at the same time. Um, There's so much depth to that one that... I have to agree with you again. You gave it a 10. I gave it a 7. It's now a 10 for me. Four episodes so far, I've bumped them all up to 10s. Yeah, this is about the least likely thing I would ever have guessed happening during this our little segment here. I know, I know. (laughs) But but I'm I'm epically happy that (laughs) you've done that because, of course, I gave all these things 10s too. (laughs) Uh, And if, you know, if I remember correctly, when we were talking about the prophecy, uh, my theory was that 
you weren't grading it a 10 because of birthmark because we had seen a lot of this stuff happen in birthmark but i jumped yeah. off of that and i said well but this this just amps it up even more yeah uh so what's next for you or actually what's last for you well i've i've already alluded to this a couple times on oh, different yeah. episodes of wp but things change is my last one Mike, you and the viewers had to know I would be coming back to this one. Oh, yeah, you flat out said you were going yeah. to. Yeah, I, look, I originally gave this a three. It's a harsh grade. Now, before I tell what my regrade is, I struggled with this one mightily. Uh, I obviously had strong feelings towards this one. And, you know, I even had to reaffirm that in an email in our last episode. And it's because of that... That I'm leaving this one right where it is. Okay, okay. It's it's staying at a three. And now I understand how emotional it is, and I you know I just read that email a little while ago uh, explaining, you know, the interview saying it's it just represents crime. Well, it's it's like I hate to say this, it's like a Saw movie. If you have to f- explain that to me, then it it failed. Yeah. A- and. And I, I said a second ago, I understand how emotional this episode is. I absolutely do. And that's really why it got the three is because of that, of how emotional it is with Beast Boy. And that would have been the reason I may have raised the grade, but my original feelings stand. You do not, under any circumstances, end a series like that, in, in my opinion. And especially one where it looks like the Titans are going to bite the dust. So that's my feelings on that. Okay, well, that, that, that's absolutely fair. So last up for me, for real. You gave this a 9, I gave it a 7. Control Freak versus the Titans East. I mean, I I, I think my biggest gripe with that one, and this was also a gripe you had too, mm-hmm. was Glenn the Shark blocking that tube. Yeah. The Aqualad challenge. Beyond that, I can't find a flaw in that episode. Yep. I mean... At least nothing major. There might be little things. I don't know. But it's still a fun, funny, control-freak episode. That and whole, lots of Masimenos. Lots of Masimenos. They're speaking English. They do, again, as I said before, <laughs> they lose a little bit of their charm because of that. But still, so what? It's Masimenos. I mean, when they saved the day, you know, they spun themselves on top of the towers, shot in different directions, and hit the buttons. When I was watching it last night... I literally went, Masimenos! You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love these guys. Um, so again, a flawed episode, but a really fun episode. It goes from a 7 to a 9 for me. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, I, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the program after the regrades that we've given the most 10s to. I, I can't imagine that it won't be. Yeah. Um, and I should say, not factoring in these rescores, this is, this is two things. One, it's the program we have graded the highest ever on WFP. It gets a combined grade, a combined average grade from us of 6.82. That's insane. I know. Uh, I'm going to go back for you guys. Justice League. Got a combined averaged 6.26. Um, let's see. What was before that? Static 
That was a 4.97. Zeta, 4.76. Gotham Girls Lobo, 2.5. Um, let's see, Batman Beyond, 5.36. Um, let's see, Superman the Animated Series, 6.01. The New Batman Adventure slash Gotham Knights, 6.17. And uh, Batman the Animated Series, 6.21. We are grading Titans the highest ever so far. I suspect that might change once we get through Justice League Unlimited. Could be. I mean, Justice League Unlimited's got a lot of good stuff, potentially 9-10 worthy. Um, but, yeah. And again, this is without me raising my grades up to a 10. That's a 6.82. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I said there were two things I wanted to mention. One was the, the, the combined score, the combined average score. The other is that this is the very first program that I have ranked higher than you. <laughs> you gave this a 6.08. I gave it a 6.84. So I'm only like... 6.08. I'm sorry, 6.80. Okay, okay I, I was like... 6.80. I'm sorry, I give it a 6.84. So I'm only a little above you. You know, four one-hundredths of a point. What I'm getting at here, people... Is what we've said all along. Whether you agree that Teen Titans is in continuity or not, I really hope that you sat down and watched the program with us as we went through episode by episode, season by season, and found that no matter what, no matter what side you agree with, you found that it was a truly enjoyable cartoon. At the end of the day... I said this earlier, we got a truly cohesive team. We had some, I'm, I'm, we've used the word before today, I'm going to keep using it, some brilliant voice acting, and just some of the best character arcs we've seen in the DCAU so far. So this 6.84, it deserves to be the highest grade we've given so far, but I still feel that's actually very low based on everything we got. And I actually wouldn't mind giving this one at least another point. Sort of like, I, I think we both kind of did that with Batman the Animated Series. Where yeah. we're like, this has to get at least an extra point because of what it means to the DC Animated Universe. I, 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 I'm of the same mind, again, with Teen Titans. I would easily make this a 7.84, which technically rounds up to an 8. This is just a, a, an awesomely powerful, funny, yet dramatic uh, television series here. Well, I mean, I guess I'll just say that uh, I'm really sad to be seeing this show go. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. But, but, we do have JLU coming up. Oh, we do. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I told you to leave them out of this. How sweet. You've come back to save your friends. But you're only delaying their pain and yours. Well, what are you waiting for? Aren't you going to attack? Reduce me to ashes? Or did your master forbid you from hurting me? Did he order you to keep his gem safe? So Raven has the gem? No. Raven is the gem. I'll be sure to give him your regards. I'm not finished yet. <sighs> this time, I have a message for you. You tell him that he'll have to destroy me before I help him. 
You can tell him yourself. The hour is near. of you anymore you might not fear me but look who's afraid of you Raven? feedback in the form of emails can be sent to feedback at world's finest podcast.com that's feedback at world's finest podcast.com our voicemail number is 731 wfp wfp zero 731-937-9370. And don't forget about our store, which can be found at earth2.net slash store. That's earth-2.net slash store. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss five episodes of Justice League Unlimited. Those being Initiation, For the Man Who Has Everything, Kid Stuff, Hawk and Dove, and This Little Piggy. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast. Mm-hmm.